Hello, hello, this is Mr. Authentic838. We are back with another episode of the Unpacking Podcast. And today we're going to wrap this year up. So I brought guests on with and with the big S. Um, today I got uh, Mr. Uh, what is it? Uh, B. Smiley. Anthony B. Smiley. Smelly. Smelly, my bad. <laughs> And I am Motown Gamins, like always. Christopher Robbins. Church. Church. We gonna pray for church, y'all. Now watch church. Church will come. Oh, okay. That is not my. That is not. I will not get blamed for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's church and trouble. Neither. Now I'm going back on you. <laughs> All right. So man, we just kind of wanted to touch bases for the end of the year, 2021. That is it. Um, so this year, we just kind of want to wrap it up. Put this podcast here on a bow and a ribbon and just kind of get everybody on so we can just talk about the things that we accomplished this year and then moving forward for next year. What are our new endeavors and, you know, just give our roses to those who, you know, helped us along the way and whatnot. Uh, Motown Gamings, man. So talk to us, man. How was this year treated you? I don't even know where to start, man. And shoot, I ended up in a whole other state, working a whole other job, doing a whole bunch of whole other shenanigans. Um, I think at the end of the day, man, I'm just grateful for the opportunities that I've had along the way and being able to capitalize off of what I know and also what I can learn. Um, being more consistent in every aspect that I've seen worthy of my time, effort, and, <clears throat> and concentration on um, YouTube channels a little bit, a little bit, I got a little few here to subscribe, and they ain't nothing big, but it's a black name, Mountain, uh, being more consistent on streaming. Uh, Hold on. Bros out of- Hold on, I hear something in the background. Yeah, I'm in the dip, it ain't me. Okay, there it goes, gone. Now, what were you saying? I said that's the feel more consistent in my game and streaming and man taking care of my family, uh, getting cars fixed, taking care of deals, man out of debt. I mean, just just trying to be a better version of, of myself every day that I can. That's good. That's and good. Moving forward up to next year is only bigger and better things with the crypto and the NFTs and all that whatnot. But everybody who knows you know, but we still learning as we go and we just need everybody in our circle, everybody who wants to know as well, so just moving on up and up. Right, right. Um, Motown's Gaming is on, is it Motown Soul Gaming YouTube? Man, bro, look, I'm still working on the brand, y'all got to forgive me, I have had 18 different ideas in the year, so ain't nothing got the same name, so don't worry about it, we'll, we'll put that on table. Okay, what about Twitch? Oh, that's just those more five. That's the easiest point of them all. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just pray about it. It's all I told you. Continue. Right. But I just want to appreciate you for, you know, just, you know, 
taking the time to jump on the podcast and, you know, pushing me to, you know, put this together or whatever. Because what people may not know is I didn't even I we've been talking about it a couple of years ago, but Motown was really the person that was just like, motherfucker, do it. You know, he said, you doing all this talking, just do it. And I was just like, you're right. Because I was waiting on this special opportunity and this special time. Like, man, I want to do this. I want to make sure this is right. And then he was just like, man, just do it and worry about the semantics later and whatever. And I like, you're right. You know, so I'm glad that you pushed me into just doing it, you know, and getting things on the ball. Because I honestly think I would have got in my own way if it wasn't for that push. So I just want to appreciate you on that and whatnot. Hey, man. No problem. Most of the time, we are our biggest enemy. That's true. That's what 100% true, man. Like, so I'm just really grateful to that and whatnot. And anything else you want to add to that? Anybody else got anything they want to say? I'm good. I'm going to make a whole lot of racket now. Trouble, you got it. I got something I want to say. Go ahead. I just want to say, man, I'm leaving the group. I'm going solo. Y'all get my album. Oh, Lord. (laughs) 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 Say, I hope your album don't flop. (laughs) The question is, though, church. What is your what is your new album gonna be? It's called Lick 'em Low. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> how the greats get down. You gotta go so long. That's how it That's works. just a little humor, y'all. Right, right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That was funny, though. All right. Uh, Christopher Robbins. Talk to us, man. Robin. What's been going on, man? How this year yo, treat you? Yo, yo. What up? What up, man? Tell us how this year treat you, it's man. Been a, it's been a good year, man. And of course, it's been a roller coaster ride with the shoes. And, uh, you know, Done. Uh, buy whatever I got that's there. 
that I do have still in the inventory. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go digital for a minute, and then uh, revisit the store because there's been a lot of stores opening up, and a lot of things have been happening from break-ins to people just going in, burning down shoe stores and stuff like that right now. So uh, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to protect my investment a little bit more. Uh, so I'm on steady growing with the shoes and the people and the customers and, you know, keeping my, my base with everybody that I know and staying in contact with them. Um, so Concrete Jungles will be bigger and better next year. Uh, along with the shoes, man, just pretty much investing and in taking care of the family. Man, hold on, though. Uh, I want you to tell, like, talk about, like, how... Uh, this year did you know as far as these these riders like people may not understand like how crazy it was for people that for especially black businesses like these riders really tore up some go ahead talk about it just just speaking on the ones that happened you know here down here in Dallas and Texas uh, I had a homeboy that had a shop uh and of course, you know, just helping out and, you know, getting him shoes and stuff like that off in there, it was good. Uh, you know, once the rioting broke out, and they cleaned out the guy's shop in less than 30 seconds. I mean, everything off the wall, shoes, the clothes, uh, a lot of that, man. And we had, and for me, him, and, you know, some other people that are invested, that were heavily invested in the store, you know, put stuff in there, help them out, just getting the cosigns and stuff like that together good uh, we got hit the hardest because insurance didn't pay 100% of that cost so for people like me that had them and then we co-signed it's a lot of money that you know kind of got you just got take that nail on the head and be like you know what man take that money that insurance is giving you and put it back into your store to get everything back running right and make it bigger and better for yourself and you know we just had to take that loss but hey man Insurance didn't pay, you know, 100% of the cost, so why? somebody got to take a loss. Right, but why, yeah. do, you, do you know, did they even explain why the insurance didn't take 100% of the cost? Uh, because they, we don't, you're not covered under the riot, put it that way. You hear that shit? I mean, you covered under, you covered under theft, but I guess since everybody on that, everybody that got hit on that block right there, is multiple people were down there, some of them had the same insurance company, so that payout, for the insurance reason was kind of high and of course insurance is going to make sure they find every kind of way not to have to pay out true right so Um, it's like so so I wonder if it's like you have to when you're looking for insurance companies when it comes to people that own their own shops and their own businesses man I guess ask and make sure like do y'all cover riots you know because that's it's just a, crazy. It's a lot that, you know, you got to try to check off. But, I mean, where we at right now, you didn't think, we never thought about riding. Right. You know what I mean? Like, some of the places out here, some of the places here in Dallas and Texas, like, if you don't say, hey, I want flood insurance, they won't give you flood insurance. Yep, that's true. Uh, so, you know, if you're not picky on what you want there, it, it can hit you in a negative way, uh, especially when it's dealing with the insurance and then with it being uh you know it's co-signing and he might be the owner of the store i'm just somebody that's there putting inventory in the store 
So I'm not insured to nothing I'm putting in there. Right. So you took so a 100% loss. Insured, pretty much, I'm, I'm at 100% loss, although that's my guy, and, you know, he ain't going to let me be like that. And, of course, throughout this whole process, he still ain't done that. So, you know, he's been either helping out with getting inventory back to me or helping make, you know, putting money in my pocket so that way, you know, hey, I know you did a lot for me. I'm, you know, you're taking that big loss it, that, that that hits him and also hits me and all this, but you know, it, it helps out uh, just having your relationship with, with, you know, the manager and stuff like that over there. Right. And of course, he's my boy. I've been growing up with him for a while, so we've known each other for almost let's say maybe like 15 years so far. That's good. Uh, so, he got my back, I got his, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's still he's still a young black man with a store, and y'all were claiming y'all won't, you know, y'all doing justice for black people, but y'all looted a lot of black people businesses in some of the areas that y'all looted. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's like you was blinded to the the rage and the rioting, and you let it get the best of you. And unfortunately, your black people that you claim that you were doing it for, some of them got hit the hardest and you know some people don't recover like the homeboy did to me like we, we recovered right. although we lost merchandise we would still stay to continue working and making more money and continue growing and investing our you know making our shoe brand and our you know our, our people getting them what they wanted and how they wanted it right it's like you know so it, with, with this year it's been some it's been some losses but it's been also some learning experiences as well. Right, right, right. I understand that. It's like, you know, you have to, you know, I'm all for, I'm all for a good ride. It seems like riding is what get things done. <laughs> you know, you got to, you want to be heard, you got to tear up some shit. And that's, that's just really what it is. You know, you're not going to get hurt if you, you do everything the right way and, you try to get a bunch of people behind you and whatever, but it seems like if you really want something done the right, you know, to be treated a certain way, you got to tear up some shit, you know? Just be mindful of what you're tearing up, you know? <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. Just be mindful of what you're tearing up and whatnot. Anybody else got anything they want to say on that? Troy? Yeah, I have one more. Go ahead. I, I, I'm going to come in and give all y'all gentlemen on this phone call y'all roses right now because one, y'all made it through all this craziness of the year. Two, all y'all black and doing what y'all supposed to do and y'all ain't in the system and y'all continuously uplifting and trying to make everybody in this group better. So I'm going to give all y'all y'all roses while y'all here on the phone, man. Right on. Appreciate that. Yeah. Right on, man. Appreciate it. Yes, I have uh, I have a comment. Okay. On the riot, what you said about rioting, mm-hmm. I can say yes, it's a good thing, but at the same time, why do we have to destroy what we're trying to build? Right. Do you understand? Right. It's like. Because I was listening to you talk and my heart went out to you, man. Because uh, I lived in Jamaica, Queens for a, year, a couple years back. 
and there was a there was a blackout, and they vandalized half of uh, Jamaica 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 Avenue. A lot of stores got ripped off. People broke into them, and all kind of stuff. You know, so I understand and I know what you're talking about. But what I'm saying is, why do we have to destroy people's livelihood? In order to make a point, that is a good question. That, all, that always bothers me. I understand if you're gonna. There was um, an incident that happened in Manhattan, and it was a Chinese store, right. and um, a young black person walked into the store to go buy something, and they bought some stuff and I, I think they picked up something and they didn't pay for it. But instead of the per, the, the store owner say, hey, look, um, you forgot to pay for that. They actually call the cops on the person and told them they robbed them. Right? Right. That, that led out to a big uproar in, in both the Chinese and the black community. And for years everybody first they looted them they broke into the store one at one point and they looted them right right, right. they fixed themselves back up and started to sell again but no they there was a big partition a bunch of people outside the store don't buy from them no black person go inside and buy from them eventually they end up losing out because uh-huh. They had to move out and shut the store down because nobody was buying from them. Uh-oh. You know, it's, uh, you're looking at a, a, a Chinese in the black community and instead of them trying to make things better, they made it worse. Okay. And they, they looted them. You know, they, it was a, uh, it was a small right in that area, right. but it was, um, what you said about rioting, you got to make the right um, people to hear to hear you, right? Right. That would be one of the riots that I would say, yeah, to let people hear what these people are doing, that what they did is wrong. You understand? But when you go to riot and you rip somebody's off and you uh, break into the guy's store, and you take all your stuff, your merchandise. You, they, they're not the the riders are not thinking where the stuff is coming from, how much money they're investing in it, you know, and would they have the money to come back? You understand? Mm-hmm. So when the the black man in a black neighborhood gets rioted and his store gets destroyed and he's unable to come back to help out the community. And then somebody else comes in, a minority comes in, and they take the store, and now you're paying a price higher than what the original black man had. Right. So now you're stuck with that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I said it right. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You know? Oh. So, um, my question, that, that I guess my thing is, if you're going to riot, riot for the good reason. Don't riot to destroy somebody's livelihood. You know, if um, you're going to riot a store that the person don't like you or whatever, I can understand that. But 
you're rioting in a store that did good. Um, they're trying to make a name for themselves and trying to do something, and you get totally ripped off. That 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 really hurts because I, even though I've never, I don't own a store like what what you have, but I know what it's like to lose money, invest in something, and nothing comes out of it. So that's what I guess I could say. Like, I agree, but I would disagree because I feel like. I feel like if this goes back to me, me and Chris was having this conversation about accountability. So that to me personally, I look at it. Let me ask you this question, right? So let's use that example. The Chinese people or the Asian people at a store, a black kid goes in the store. He takes some candy. Was he wrong for taking the candy or are the people wrong for calling the cops on He would be wrong for taking the candy. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But they don't have to call the cops on them because it's just candy. You understand? Right. It's nothing. It's not. It, it's maybe you're talking about a five, five cents, ten cents. 25 cents, maybe a dollar candy. Right. You're, you're, don't, don't, you're putting somebody's life, you're basically ripping off or destroying somebody's life for a dollar fifty. Let's say. So if it was, what, 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 kind of what if it was your store and I took a five dollar candy, right? Uh-huh. And you said, hey, don't take a candy, right? Or whatever the case is. And you don't know me. I don't know you. But you say something to me and I'll blow up on you. And I tell you, I'll take whatever I want in this store. And whatever the case is. Then this goes, this gets bigger than what you expected for just telling me I was wrong for taking that $5 mm-hmm. candy. But mm-hmm. because you said something to me, it pissed me off. Right? So now I get mad at you for saying something to me, even though I was in the wrong. And I start tearing yeah. your store up because you said something to me. Realistically, yeah, sometimes, that's different than me. huh? That's, 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 that's way different. But you, you talk about uh, you talk about multiple instances in one moment. That's yeah. where you have to call the police because you can't do nothing physically to the person to stop them from doing something. So you would have to call the police in order for them to keep order. Yes, but but. In situations where you have an inner city, uh, inner city population that's being plagued with police violence, then it will be your duty to get people in the neighborhood to stop this individual, because mm. we don't know if that individual actually has a mental, uh, a mental uh, disability. We don't know if they have any kind of mental illness. We don't know what's going on, and we do not want police to come in with an aggressive mindset and torturing or potentially murdering. This individual because they're having a mental break. Okay, I see so it's, it's, it's a two-edged sword. Now, right. as far as like, well, where Chris was going with, you know, the rioting. The problem with the rioting today is we're out of practice. Okay, so you look at the 1960s, no, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, 
to like I said before like the being mindful of it but like you said too in that same breath I get where you're coming from because it's not about being mindful at the time it's right. about getting something free right true. you know and that like you said there's so no them, way to them change them that leeches, though. Huh? yeah exactly leeches so exactly. that's your leeches they, they do if they use this whole uh like the man to ride and that way the leeches are gonna use that but they're gonna play into it so they can take what they want not what they really necessarily need or not what's gonna make an effect or what's gonna make a cause they're yeah. just coming out hey they're gonna blame it on the ride if any happens I'm in this big group
That's right. the one that's not thinking with their mindset, like, hey, we're doing this for a cause, we're doing this for a reason. No, right. And people need to understand that mindset is what makes the cause less effective. But you know what? It it, it, it does, but it doesn't. Like I said, all of this well, is a yeah. double edged sword. Because what yeah. Chris said is absolutely right. Because those are the leeches. Those are the ones that are trying to uh, benefit without having the same mindset of the people that are really constructively doing it. Looting, looting in itself is, is not to gain. Looting in itself is to take away the means of the people that are oppressing you. Right. So when we loot, we loot places that are in our neighborhoods or, or that are benefiting from our dollar, taking back things so they can't profit. Right. So yeah, some some places like a Target, a Walmart, or one of these big stores like a Foot Locker or, or Champs or something like that, we hit those stores are hitting them in their pockets. Which hitting them in their pockets make them have to change. You have to change your policy. You have to change the way you approach us. You have to change the way that you market towards us because now you have lost money that you cannot get back because the product is gone. Right. So where where we have a problem is is exactly what Chris said. We have leeches. We have people that want to benefit from that kind of action, but solely for the benefit, not for the purpose. Right. So, but the, the, the double-edged sword on that is is that we need those people that are aggressive because it makes a larger statement. Yeah, I see. The so same. it's like. We can call them leeches because that's what they are, but at the same time, they're an effective tool. The problem is, is like I said before, we're out of practice of who we attack. So we attack our own. Right. Yeah. Because our own is less likely to have, like they said, insurance. Right. Our own, we have to spend too much more. Like, like, think about this. Like, Chris can have a store. Chris's store to be insured is going to cost him somewhere upwards of twenty thousand dollars a year, mm. right? Because he's in a black neighborhood, he's a black man, and all and most of his customers are black. So you're going to have a, a larger insurance rate where somebody white in the same damn neighborhood drops a, a store of the same kind in the same neighborhood. Your mm. insurance is ten thousand. Yes, Why? because he's less of a risk. Yes. So him losing out is nothing because he can recover. But Chris losing out, he was already struggling to pay the insurance bill. Mm. So it's like the thing is about our looting strategy is not about taking from the people that have hurt us. It's about just taking. Now, if we can change the, if we can change just a couple of people, a couple of those aggressive guys to say, no, we're not going to hit, you know, a Betty store. We don't go over here to Jimmy Bond's store. They right. do the same thing. Oh, but he got more security. It don't matter. Let's go out to here. Yeah. Why, right. why would we break her down? Because see, the thing is, if we lose his, now all the business got to go to her. Right. Tear his shit up. When, I, when all is done, they got to go to her now. I'm going to tear a foot locker. I'm going to tear a foot locker. Guess what? When I'm done, now Chris going to have all the product. <clears throat> I got all the Chris. Right. Now he makes more money. They lost money, 
But now I'm used to going to Chris by the time they rebuild, and I'm not going back to Foot Locker. Right. The hell, I'm going back to Foot Locker, folks. And the thing is, and Chris can, he can sell at regular price. He does not have to go, you know, do sales or hookups or nothing like that because y'all don't kill Foot Locker. Exactly. So now, I'm, now, I got, now you're going to come over here with regular price. Now you're going to respect my store more. This is the problem that we have in retail. This is the problem that we have with black businesses. Everybody want to look up because the white man doing the same thing down the street. Why am I going to come to you and I can go to the white man? Y'all cost the same, but I, I got more confidence in the white man's product than I do with yours. Now, if a white man's, white man's product is removed, now you got to come to me. Yeah. Now you respect my store more. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I watched I watched a podcast uh, about a week or two ago, and this guy was talking about branding. Now he he was basically spitting the same thing that I've been spitting y'all you know for the last year and a half two years <laughs> that your cost is part of your brand. So the things that you put out there, if you're putting something out there, if it's if it's cheap, people are gonna treat it like it's cheap. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you put the expense on it, you have to treat my you have to treat my product as an expensive product. But we look at it as if it's some cheap cost, it ain't worth nothing. But if it's a high cost, it's worth everything. Right. So this goes along with how we how we run our business. So I know that if he carrying he carrying the local stuff, and that local stuff is is a twenty dollars a shirt, but then down the street, dude got a do got a store and he's selling Kavinci and, and Balenciaga and, and all that stuff. Guess what? The dude that's selling the $20 shirt, his store ain't worth nothing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want nothing out of there because he probably got bootleg stuff. And it's sad. It's, it's, I just, just open my store to other people. It's sad to it's, say it's, that, but it's the truth. You know? Because that's where your mind goes to. If it's if it's not at market value, you value it being cheap. So you do consider it being cheap and whatever. So it's like you can't mark it down to, to please your content, your constituents because they won't respect it as a high brand because it's cost. The cost of it is cheaper. That makes exactly. sense. Mm-hmm. So right on. Um, so let's move along. Church. Yeah, he probably is. Oh, I did pops. Oh, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> so, so used to it. Well, first off, before we even finish that, Mr. Christopher Robbins, are you sure there ain't nothing else you want to say? No, we did. We did. Are you sure? I ain't going to put it out there. I ain't going to put it out there yet. We're going to wait. We'll give you some time. Oh, man. We'll give you some time. We'll give you some time. Y'all just... Hey, just... I'm gonna need you to keep going, boy. 
<laughs> we congratulate. Uh, we congratulate. Hey, I'm gonna leave Milan. I'm gonna leave Milan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Anthony, man, talk about your book. Let's hear about it. I know, I know, you've been ready. Oh man, it's been fun. Well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations to each and every one of you guys for doing whatever it is that you do to educate yourself, get yourself out there, do what you need to do for your families, etc., etc. Because it, it, it ain't easy. Trust me. I know it ain't easy. Uh, okay, so I have been writing since I would say 16 years, 16 year old. And um, over the years, I've been trying to get my books out there and trying to. Um, I started out with, re- with reading comic books. And I liked the way the comic books went. It's just that some of it wasn't really good. They didn't explain a lot of stuff. So I started writing stories to very, um, just for me, myself. And it went from just writing for me to having other people reading it and say, yo, you know, the story is good. You can do this with it, this with it, this with it. So eventually, um, I started writing my stories and putting them in book forms. So I started writing one story and then it, it was birthed another story and other people would come to me and started talking about, you know, hey, why don't you should write a story about this? And before you know it, I believe it or not, one of the stories that I've written that is right now out on the internet actually was birthed in a bar. Me and two other guys sat down and we started talking. And as we started talking, I asked the bartender for a napkin. And they were talking, and I was writing. And that night, I went home and started to write the story. So, stories can start anywhere. Um, right now, over the, over the last couple of years of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right now, I found an agent which I've been trying to find for years so I finally found an agent and this agent actually has not one on uh, approximately five of my books either five or six of my books and she has put out redone my children's story which is called David and the Wizard there, her and her people redid it, re um, put the, the pictures on there. The way they did it was fantastic, and it is now out on Amazon. It came out uh, about a couple of months ago. Okay, mm-hmm. congrats, congrats. And I really, I appreciate it because now my books will be going further than I can actually do it myself. Right. Right. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about my um, fantasy book that I've also written. In a, it's a series. It's called Prophecy of a Planet. And that one is also out. I, we, we, we 
working on the books that she has for me. It's Prophecy of a Planet 1, 2, 3, and 4. The, the David and the Wizard and um, the, the one that, the, the book that I explained to you guys earlier about that was birth in a bar. It's called A Conflict of Interest. Oh, wow. Now that one, that one is a sci-fi action drama. Okay? And that one takes place in 200 years in our future. And they have to come back 200 years to stop a war that lasted 200 years. Oh, wow. I'm not going to say no more. I'm not going to say no more on that. Okay. It's very exciting, and if you if you do get any one of my books, you have any questions, I have an email that is attached to it. You can always email me, ask me questions, because what I do with some of my writing is when somebody asks a question and it's very important, I try to put, put that question in the story, so it answers your question. Right. I will. I will. I will try to. I will answer the question to you the best way I could. But at the same time, if it's a really good question and it makes me go, hmm, I put that information in the story so that the reader, the person that asked that question, if they're looking for it, they can actually see their answer was in the story. Okay. So, like I said, I am very excited and there's a, a few more things that is happening. And I don't want to juice it right now. Right, right. One of them, my, I am so excited about the project that is about to take place that when it does, I will be dancing on the moon. I know that's right. I will be dancing on the moon. And when it comes out, I will let all y'all know. Right Just on. Wait. It, it, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Because it's, it, I know what it's like to, when you have a dream and your dream is coming out and you don't think it's going anywhere. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. A couple of years back, maybe about a year ago, 2000, the pandemic started in 2020, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. So 2019, I made the choice that if I don't do anything in 2020, that I was just going to shut down, no more writing, give it up. So you know, and near the end of 2020, my this agent came about, and it took me a while because of lack of trust. Um, uh, many people I have talked to on the internet and they say we can do this, we can do this, we can take your book and send it this way and we can take your book and send it this way and I remember I asked uh, Mr. Orsantic one time to go to Texas to look up a company that they said that they were in Texas and he went to Texas and went to the, the building he went inside the building he went on the floor and that company didn't exist at all. But at all, he'll he'll tell you. He'll, like, it's crazy. Like um, I was a 
he, well, to bring some more history to it, like the prophecy of a planet, he actually did an inter. We did an interview on here, like I think a year ago. So, yes. like after yes. the episode aired, it's when these people reached out to him, or whatever. Yes. So he called me up and he's like, "Hey, there's these people out of Dallas, you know, blase, blase. Can you check it out so I can see if these people are legit?" So he sent me that address. I'm like, all right, cool. So I literally drove down there to this. And I mean, the building's a big building, you know? So when you go up to it, if you just look, if you didn't go in the building and you walked up to the building, you'd be like, wow, because it's a big old building or whatever. We had a bunch of different floors. So I go in there. I look at the, I open up the door and on the side, it has like the, the floors on what's what. And whatever so it said you know in the text message he sent me it told me the floor or whatever so I look on the little board when you first walk in on the left you know and it says that floor but it didn't have anything there so I like, uh. so I get on the elevator I go up to that floor you know and it's just a hallway full of doors you know so I'm knocking on every door trying to open up all the doors locked there ain't nothing. Then a the guy comes out and he's like, there's nothing on this floor and whatever. So I called him back and was like, nah, man, this ain't legit at all. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's wild. But you got to be careful out there and make you sure you do be. your due diligence. I got a whole front of it. Yeah, like oh, they yeah. literally took the address from that facility or that building and knew there was nothing on them floors. And they used the address. I feel like somebody worked because, there knew that. Because what I, and then I, 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 I have been getting a lot of emails with the, basically the same thing. I had one of my daughters, I would email her the information and she would go and check it out. And then she would say, Pops, this ain't real. This is fake. This, this don't exist. This don't exist. So when, the agent came to me and she emailed me. It took me, uh, I would say about a month and a half before I actually talked to her. And then when I talked to her, she wanted to call me and I, I gave her a number, me and my wife, we sat down and my wife was asking all the questions because I was getting excited the fact that I was able to talk to somebody. That was one thing. But she was, um, my wife did most of the talking and I just sat there and just listened. And it was all on faith. I had to, it was like, I had to believe in somebody else in order for my stuff to be recognized the way I wanted it or I would like it to be recognized. You understand? Yep. So when I, I, put my faith in, in her and my money as well and money that I really don't have. So I put a lot of faith and a lot of money in, um, not a whole lot in David and the Wizard, but a lot in the other five books. And I'm beginning to see what the books, the potential of the books. Now, I have not seen any money as yet because what is happening is the money that I am pouring in 
six months, I would say, I will be singing and talking to you guys from the moon. Because that's where my head would be. I would be blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. I, I, I would be it. so hey, excited. Hey, let me know if you still want me to try on reading it until you do. I can send you samples before we start doing it. Yes. Things. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. What um my what my agent is doing, right? I will say this. My agent, because of what is happening with David and the Wizard and Prophecy of a Planet, uh, my agent is sending me copies, um, I believe up to 50 copies of David and the Wizard. And that, what I will do is I will sign them and I'm, I'm, I am going to sell them, but I'm not going to sell them for the price that is on the website. But they will be signed. I will sign them. So, just in case a lot of people don't understand the reason for signing a book, when you buy a, when you go to the store and you buy a book, and the book that you bought is five dollars, and in ten years that book might be worth six or seven dollars, right? Okay. If you have a book that is signed by the author. And that same book is cost $5, right? Within three years, that book is worth $10 or maybe $15. The reason why is because it's an, it's signed by the author. And if you get the same book that is not signed by the author, it won't have the same value. You yeah. guys understand that, right? Yeah, for sure. Right? So. So what I will do is I will let Mr. Authentic know that um, when I get the books, I will let him know and pass it on to the rest of you guys. And I will sign each and every book and mail them out. Right. And that would be, that would be like, and I will do the same thing for Prophet of a Planet once that comes out. Um, and that would be like my, uh, after Christmas, my, 2021, 2022 Christmas person. <laughs> right? For now, anyway. <laughs> so, with that said, I just want to say thank you guys for uh, just being here. Thank you guys for talking. Thank you guys for education. Thank you guys for being a bunch of black men that can come together and talk quick hold on alrighty 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 we're back we're back we're back got to take a quick minute real quick for a bathroom break alright so um trouble <laughs> so man how 
Well, first off, I do appreciate Mr. Uh, Anthony for uh, you do uh, coming on to the podcast, you know, sharing your time, sharing your wisdom and whatever. And, you know, uh, you're making me sound old. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I apologize for sh- saying you're old. <laughs> is it because I said you're with you? Yeah, is it because I said sharing your wisdom? Is that what it is? <laughs> what about sharing your thoughts? Is that better? Is that, okay, that makes you not feel so much. You know, Older. Not not too old. Okay. Just okay. make me feel a little younger. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on and whatever, and just no sprinkling us and blessing us with you know your whole books and everything you got going on and whatnot. So we are back. We are ready to talk to Trouble, Trouble Man, <laughs> Trouble Man. What up, what up? So, what kind of trouble you got us? What, what kind of trouble are you in now? Oh, no trouble right now. No trouble that I'm in. That's good. But we're going to be producing trouble all 2022. Let's go. Oh, Let's go. So, uh, so right now, the, the Trouble brand, which is the company name, the Trouble brand is now producing uh, a T-shirt campaign slash clothing campaign. Uh, geared around black love, black unity, and black awareness. Uh, wow. Right now, uh, the campaign slogan is I'm Black First. So the whole point of it is, is to uh, make people aware that just because your profession or the title that you give yourself makes you feel like you're above it all, that the world doesn't see you you know, as black first, they see you as black first. And if we can, we can all identify as being black first, that we actually hold a lot more power in our situation because we know and we accept the way that people view us. Um, the unity aspect of it, I'm hoping that it, you know, it can reach somebody psychologically to allow you to know that just because we're black does not mean that we do not have the same professions out there as somebody of a, of a different race. Um, when you know when you go to a doctor and you have a black doctor for the first time, it's like a shock almost. You know, you, you look at it and go, "Well, damn, you won't be my doctor." And after a while, you realize that this person probably is more capable than somebody of a different race to handle your problems because they know you. They know you better. You know, we have shoe stores that are not being patronized because people are so busy trying to, you know, trying to shop with, you know, white establishments or Indian establishments or Pakistani establishments or Korean establishments because they feel like just because it's coming from black that it's not working, sort of thing. Um, So my idea is to generate the idea and the purposefulness of black people, black business, black unity, and identifying and teaching our kids that it's nothing wrong with being black. You know, and this is not just for the nation of, you know, United States, it's also for this worldwide. So there are, you know, we in the United States tend to only think of the United States black problems, but we don't identify the European black problems. 
We don't identify the Asian black problem. We don't identify the black problems that are in our native, you know, continent of Africa with um, non-African originated people that are trying to take over that entire continent because Africa is a continent, not a country. You know, we don't we don't recognize that the, you know right now the Chinese is moving in trying to buy up land, but it's land that's got to be sold to them because the Europeans are selling the Chinese land that is that's not theirs. We don't identify that that being a black problem. We say that's an African problem because we're too busy believing that African is different than black or African American. So the whole idea is structured around bringing an entire an entire worldwide of black people, including the aboriginals of Australia, uh, mm-hmm. the Samoan Islands, uh, the Polynesian Islands, you know, bringing us all together to really identify the problem of being black because it's not a problem. Right. You know, we outnumber, we outnumber every other race in the world, but they want, they want us to believe that we're the minority of the world. We're the originators of the planet. We are the original people of the planet. We did not evolve from anything, but we have, you know, uh, adapted to everything. But they want us to believe that we are derived from something that they're derived from. We have to take back our religion. We have to take back our our, our cultures. We got to take back our rhythm. We got to take back our speech. We have to take back our cultures and art and everything else. Because the whole point of it is we're black first. Man, that's well spoke. You spoke. You, you, you did that well. <laughs> oh, I've been practicing for the view. <laughs> All right. You know, Whoopi Goldberg gonna hit you with a good question. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it all. I'm waiting for it all. I'm waiting for Charlemagne the God too. I'm waiting for them all. Right. So, <clears throat> what? Is, <clears throat> so, what inspired you to do this? Uh, well, I was about to drop the clothing line. So I was actually gearing up for the clothing line in the first place. You know, I got a whole marketing plan. I talked to you guys about that, you know, uh, off the podcast. But, you know, personally, I, I told you all that off the record. Right. Um, but I was gearing up to move all of this. The Dave Chappelle hit, the Dave, Dave Chappelle special hit. I was watching that and the idealism that transgender and gay people that were black were attacking Dave Chappelle for saying something about being black over anything. Right. That bothered me. That bothered me severely because the whole point of why the the white LGBTQ community is attacking Dave Chappelle is because Dave Chappelle is saying things that they don't like. Not necessarily that it's not true. They just don't want it to be said. And when that comes... All right, we're back, we're back. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I was referring back to Dave Chappelle and the LGBTQ, and the, the white LGBTQ community is attacking Dave Chappelle on the basis that sounds a lot like slave ownership. Right. So they're telling, they're telling Dave Chappelle, I cannot, you cannot say these things about us because you're a black man. And you will be canceled because you said these things. But in the position that Dave Chappelle is in, he's basically saying, I don't care what you're saying. I do what I want to do 
because I'm a man. I'm a human being. I'm a man. I have the right to speak my mind and say whatever the hell I want to say. But then they come back with, no, you don't. People are looking at this as a misogynist point of view or a homophobic point of view, but it's not a homophobic point of view or a misogynist point of view. It's a point of view that actually is in reverse because you're telling this black man he cannot speak about things that you're doing, but you can speak about things that he's doing. So you're taking the right away from a black man's open mouth to see, to tell people how he sees things in his perspective in order to impose your own will on him. But since he got money, you can't stop him yourself. So you end up enlisting black LGBTQ to attack him. To attack him on the basis what you say? I just want to let you know the way she broke that down was goddamn eloquent. Keep going. Yeah, he's <laughs> he breaking it down. He definitely breaking it down. <laughs> yeah, but you enlist black LGBTQ to attack him. So what does that do? That separates our race. So now it's whoever's siding with the LGBTQ and whoever's siding with the HL. But see, the problem with that is, is that if you look at the rights that we have been fighting for since the 1950s. We've been fighting for rights to be viewed as equal people to all other people. You see that the world still sees us in a bubble that is not equal. That we're lesser than everybody. That we, we, that we need to shut our mouths and just go about our business. Because we don't have to in shackles and chains. You should be grateful. See, that's a problem. You know, when you look at when you look at you know police brutality, you look at police murders, you look at you know white people murdering black men in the street. You see black trans, black and black gays. You see black women coming up missing, and when they are found, the body parts have been removed, the internal organs have been removed. But then you see that the white LGBTQ community turns around and uses those things to. To, to basically solidify their fight. But it's not you that's coming up missing. It's us that's coming up missing. So when we so when we look at it, black, you know, black hetero males, black heterosexual males are looking at it like, well, it ain't my problem, but it is your problem. Right. Because if it's your brother it's your brother that's in the LGBTQ community and he disappears, it's your problem. Yeah, you're right. Right. In, the, in the 60s and 70s, we used to call each other brother. But we called each other brother not as just a term of endearment because the thing is, we all look alike. We are brothers. Right. So if something happened to you, no matter what it was, if something happened to you, I'm out there for you. But then the, the way that the world works, the way that the, the, way that the, the scheme worked is to separate our minds from just being black, but now we're black and something. I, I said this. I said this a couple of years ago in, in an argument with, with a young lady. I said that black gay, black trans, black women all have different fights, and the black man is the only one that fights for all. Okay, explain that. 
Because when you're a black man, you can't fight for black male rights. You can't fight for black male justice. You can't fight for black male anything. You are representing the entire race every time you open your mouth. As a black man. But a black woman can be a black feminist. A black woman can be all about the black woman's equality. A black woman can do anything she wants to do just as a singularity of black female. Same thing goes with black, LGBTQ, gay, trans, whatever you want to call them. They can fight in a singularity Hold on. Hold on. Church. Yeah, my bad. (laughs) Go ahead. So... They can fight in a singularity of black LGBTQ problems. A black man's sole position in a fight, in any black fight, is all black. Hold on. Anthony, is that your phone? Yeah. Mute your phone. So it is. So it's important for us to look at that as being the factor of what started my campaign, because my campaign is basically saying it doesn't matter what gender you are, what you call yourself, or if you're in non-binary or binary stances, if you're in gay, if you're straight, if you're a doctor or if you're a plumber, it doesn't matter. Because the thing is, if I'm walking down the street and the police feel like messing with me, I'm black. Yep. That's all they give a damn about. They, they don't care about. about nothing else. I stopped you because you're in a Lamborghini and you're black. Yep. I stopped you because you're walking in the wrong damn neighborhood and you're black. It didn't matter. If, it doesn't matter if your grandmother's a nurse has been working a 14-hour shift and she's walking home because she doesn't have a car and it's snowing. I don't think you should be in this neighborhood. You're black. Yep. But we don't see that no more because we're so busy fighting multiple fights. We're so busy identifying each other by what we do or who we are or, or who we have sex with. We're so busy with fighting these fights that white people are generating in order to keep us separate. The whole the, the whole point of, you know, the non-binary binary thing is what it is. It's to further separate us. It's further to segregate us into different groups in order for us to argue. I don't argue nothing but what the black embarrassment. But I can't argue nothing different because I'm a black man. I'm a heterosexual black man. So I can't argue nothing but the advancement of my people. Right. But that's that's a psychological problem that has been ensued on us since the 1968. When the welfare program was actually established, they had already started segregating us. They segregated our women from our men, our fathers from our mothers. And at first, you know, it was nothing because the idealism behind it was, okay, well, they can separate us with paperwork that I can't have you in this household. So I got to divorce you and you got to be an absentee in order for me to get this 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 benefit. But then, turn around, but then turn around, we grow into that. Now the woman is getting all the benefits, but the man is left outside in the cold. So he has to hustle. So he has to do things that might be illegal or illicit in order for him to make ends meet or even give this woman extra money because they got so many goddamn kids. But then now he's a low life because the government has called him a low life. He's a, he's a drug dealer. He's a monster. He's a nothing because the government has called him that. 
But we give you everything. So why do you need him? You know so what? why are you doing better than him? You wanna know what's so crazy? Let me put it let me, let me add to that. Let me add to that. Because okay. people need to understand this concept of uh, food stamps. People feel like people got the misconception that when you get on food stamps, um, oh, it's always the people that aren't working. To be honest with you, the only way that you're approved for food stamps is if you have a job. Realistically. And, you know, the, the problem, and then let me tell you something else. People say the the poverty the po- the poverty line the the pro what is it the poverty line poverty. yeah I couldn't poverty. get it together poverty. yeah so there is a price on that so realistically the poverty line is two thousand dollars if you make too much if you make more than two thousand dollars you're not approved for food stamps or any of those benefits so that's the poverty line. So if you work, you have to have a job, but you only can have $2,000, no more than $2,000 a month. That's it. You make any more than that $2,000, you get cut from funds. You won't get approved for food stamps, Medicaid, any of that stuff, because well, you're let, above let me, the poverty let me, line. Let, let me correct that, Nobi. Let me correct okay. that. So it's not technically you don't need a job. You need to have some type of money well, that, some kind of uh, income. that is right. occurred in order to pay the bills. The offset of it is you have to have enough to say you're paying something somewhere. Now, people that don't have jobs technically don't have money. Right. They're gonna give you they're gonna give you food stamps and they possibly, if you're a woman, give you cash every month okay right the thing is is that it was supposed to be it's supposed to they're supposed to offset what you don't have in order for you to survive if you have children that's an offset so they give you more for your child right but when i say the government you know as far as like the system it's not just welfare so you also have programs like section eight yeah you also have you know, uh, your heating and utility, you know, bills and stuff like that that gets paid. You also have transportation. You also have the cash benefit. You also have the medical. You also, you have all of these things that are accumulated that makes a woman, that, that allows for that woman. And I'm not going to say just women because right now they have to provide for men too. But it, prov- it provided women back then with the means to survive without a man. Right. Now, Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, man, it's always been an attack on the black man anyway. Uh, since, you know, since slavery time, it was always about put the black woman in front of the black man. Negotiate with the black woman. Don't negotiate with that boy. You know what I'm saying? It's always been like that. And, and, and I mean, it's a set-up system. That you would think that people wouldn't be, you know, would catch on to, and it's sad, and, it, and it's saying it's like like the propaganda that they pump out when you're watching commercials, when you're watching sitcoms, when you're watching um, movies. They always show either the black woman by herself or 
with a white man being successful. They don't never really show to a black man, a strong black man, unless he's acting European. You know what I'm saying? They won't show a, a this is all propaganda, bro. They've been doing this for the longest. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, we really don't even have a, a voice in a system. You know what I'm saying? That, that I have no honor in, in that. I'm just saying. You're absolutely right. That's, and and but, the thing is... Hold on. That, that also makes you appreciate the shows that do have that. Like, uh, Chris... Uh, what's that show called? Uh, with Chris Rock? The Cosby. The Cosby shows. Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Martin. Those the type Cosby of shows. Show. Yeah, the Cosby shows. All them shows solidified unity in the black community that just because you're black and you're married to a black woman, that you can live comfortably. You know what I mean? So you have to pay, you know, you have to pay more. That's why those television shows were so uh, detrimental to the black culture and the black uh, community because it showed that it's not about always uh, the white man taking in a white, like different strokes taking in some black kids and then making them rich and famous, you know, or, you know, or some shit like that. You know, it, well, you, you know, do I'm, have I'm, fam- I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me point something out, right? Mm-hmm. The first show to ever show a black family that had a positive male and a positive female role as parents was the Jeffersons. Yeah. Yeah, the Jeffersons. Okay. I forgot about them, too. The Jeffersons was the first one, and then you had... Um, Good Times. Uh, Good Times. Good Times, yes. right? So you had the Jeffersons, you had Good Times. Um, other than that, they were showing black mothers, single black mothers. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or they were showing, or they were showing toxic male, black males in an environment that was threatening to the black woman. Yeah, like so, they did on that, uh, Good that Times. That goes as far as movies and everything else. Now, here's the funny thing about it, right? In those shows, those people actually showed a black community because they showed black friends. I'm going to mess y'all up because I don't even thought about this, right? So in those earlier shows, they had black friends. But when the Jeffersons came on, the Jeffersons never had black friends. They had white friends. Right. They had the white man and the black woman. It was split, right? Yeah. Then you yeah. talk about different strokes. Different strokes. He was taken in by a white man, but Arnold had a black friend. Willis had black friends. They had a black girlfriend that was all positive, right? Right. When you start going further into like the Cosby's and everything else, they didn't show the Cosby's were having many black friends. They don't show that. Different world is a different uh, a different scenario because there was toxicity in it and it was advancement of black women. The, a different world was literally praising black women for being educated. Black men always came up looking like fools. Yep. They were all sat with satirical characters. But the black women were being pubbed as this diverse group of educated women. And that's why it's sold on TV. Where it went to where it went to shit for them is when you start showing the main male black character, Dwayne Wayne. Right. As somebody that was strong, somebody that was very intelligent, somebody that could command this woman to do something, like the episode when he walked in when she was getting married to another dude. And said, no, you coming with me. And she ran to him. You know what I'm saying? Like a yeah. very subservient woman. 
Right. That's where a different world got. That's where that got canceled. Because yeah. the thing is, the power of the black man could not be displayed. Now, the, the crazy thing about it is, uh, what's her name that played Florida Evans? Uh, in in um, uh, what you call? What? Damn, I just I just lost. Good times. Good times. When she when they approached her for the role of a mother in the projects, she said, "I would not do this without a father involved." Right. Then they, they cast John Amos for this, this role. John Amos yeah. was not who they wanted. They wanted somebody softer. She refused to do anything without that hard male role model. Right. Yeah. If you look at his character versus Bill Cosby's character, what's the difference? What yeah. the difference is is that James was ruling with an iron thumb. His wife yeah. was subservient to him. But in the Cosby show, Claire Hustable was not subservient to he, uh, Eclipse Hustle, right? Not the Hustle. She was not subservient. She was not. She was not. Uh, uh, as as they say right now, submissive. She was his equal. Right. So it was fine to be on white TV. Right. Because they were but both considered you, equal. Exactly. But as you look at you look at the the, the evolution the of black TV, the the male the male lead, even though he's the lead. Like on Martin, even when he's the lead, he's the fool. He's the idiot. Yeah. He's the idiot. Yeah, he be clowning. Mm-hmm. He's the soft one. Look at look at Anthony Anderson on on, on Blackish. Yeah, he has a great role. Don't get me wrong, great role. But at the same time, his wife questions everything he says. Yeah, everything true. he says, she questions it. She does not go to him like you know. Yeah, what your father said, and then go in the bedroom and talk about it. No, she talks about it openly, like he's wrong. Right. And the kids are disrespectful. So it's like, you're showing a father, yes, there's a black father in the household, but in order for that black father to be a good father in the household, he has to shut up and let his woman talk to him any kind of way. Mm-hmm. So the evolution of black TV is what also is destroying the black aspect of what a family is. No, no black man is supposed to be riding around, you know, basically, you know, ride down on this woman telling her what exactly what to do. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is they're making it where it's toxic because you're strong. Right. The image of a black man cannot be strong and be positive. Every strong black oh, man you've ever seen on question. TV or movies. Okay. Got a question real quick. How do you feel about power and things of that nature now? Because every day now... Checking Ghost. Ghost is looking weak 
all the time. Why? Because he wants to get out the game. Right. That's false. You know what I'm saying? Right. bring in another toxic male to be his adversary on top of Tommy. So that that's there, there you go. I made you money, but I hate you. That's false. Mm-hmm. So you put a false image of Ghost as being the weakling in the entire show, but in actuality, Ghost is the strongest person in the entire show. Yeah. Because he sees the point of I made all this money, now I want it all to be legit. So my son that he does not have to do it. Right. So that's a strong point. But thing is, they treated Ghost like he was garbage. His son disrespected him on a regular. Oh, what did yeah. his mother do? Come to her and come to his aid. You gotta leave him alone. You gotta let him live his life. You gotta let him make his decisions. So you take the discipline, you're taking the discipline away from the man and a woman is telling him it's discipline the husband. Hold on, hold on. So, I'm glad you said that, sir. I'm glad you said that. And the word is called 
brainwashing. Yeah, that's the word. The word is brainwashing. And the thing is, what you said is is inherently true, but at the same time false. Because here's the thing. We are so, and, and this is this is all part of my campaign. It's all while I'm doing the show. It's because of this conversation. But the thing is, is that when we talk about, you know, if why we're not tired. We're not tired because we have been brainwashed to believe that this is entertainment. That's one. The other part is, is that we're being brainwashed to believe that we're supposed to be subservient to white people. The other part of that is, is that if I constantly see the imagery, and it's all going in one direction, and, I, and it doesn't matter if it's just TV and movies, it could be newspaper, it could be magazines, it could be anything that we can call media, and it's all moving in one direction, I am to believe that that's what it is. It's, it's a few people like ourselves that sit around and talk about these things, whatever, that opens the eyes of each other because of different point of views all match up. And it's like I said, it's mathematics. So you're telling me one thing, I see something another way. It is calculating inside of our heads that I'm missing this aspect that came from him, that came from him, that came from him. Let me make the full story. So now we know we're opening the eyes of each other. This is where, this is where our ancient ancestors are coming into play because when, before we were before we were taking off the continent of Africa before white people were even discovered okay we were communicating on, on a level that nobody could understand we were communicating we were communicating languages without speaking we were nothing was nothing was quantified in a book to tell you exactly how to understand this person we understood each other on a level that was damn near from from the biology of us Yes, let me interject real quick on what you just said, which is absolutely true, because the Egyptian had their uh, Egyptians, the black Egyptians, they had their own culture, they spoke black. They spoke the language. They had math, English, science. They were educated. Yeah. Africa, in some parts of Africa, they were um, civilization, right? That had running water, right? Yeah, from not the aqueducts. Yeah, aqueducts. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now, think about it. Okay. All these communities. There was not one white person in there who came in and said, let me teach you how to do this. Let me show you. Okay, let me um, put it to you like this. Uh, Greece, uh, um, Greece, Egypt, uh, yeah, Greece and Egypt, they built structures, right, mm-hmm. that were made out of stone, yep. and these and these structures were like a dome pipe, okay, like the arenas that we go right. to for the football game and everything like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know that today's man, the white man, today's man, cannot reproduce what they did? No. They can't. 
cannot because they don't know how they did it. Right. And these were supposed to be, like you said before, these were supposed to be uneducated, um, barbarians, ignorant people, people that don't know A from Z. And this is what the white is trying to introduced uh-huh. to uh-huh. exactly thank you very much and, and the, the funny thing is that they didn't call us barbarians they called us savages right how do you hear that say it again they didn't call us barbarians they called us savages savages yes savages. savages and what's so crazy the same savages that even lined up the pyramids to be directly under orion's belt how did they do that thank you you know how did they do that <laughs> and to go further and we're going to talk about the pyramids let's go further right the pyramids are made in diamond as in diamond shapes they yes. are not made as the triangle pyramids they're made in diamond shape mm-hmm. and it's correct at the top and it's quartz at the bottom and it quartz at the bottom yes. at the top collects the light from the moon shoots it down to the quartz at the bottom and then erupts back out as the light of the sky that's why they that's why they looked at the pharaoh as being you know uh uh descendant of god because he could light up the night sky Mm-hmm. The idea of having a lit night is not something European. It's something that's very African. Yeah, here's exactly. another point. Here's another point. Pops, you can attest for this because you know you're a little older than us. You've been around more. You've been around uh-huh. longer. India was not a part of Asia. No, India was a part of Africa. Right. Yes. They stole India away from us in the 1980s and put it on Asia because they did not want the association of where Jesus came from to be associated with Africa. With Africa. The people that are on the Indian continent or on the Indian province right now are descendants of great black Africans from Turkish and English people. That's why their color is different. That's why their hair texture is different. Their hair yeah. texture and color is not different because that's where they came from. That's how they are. They become they, they were part of the, the, the paper bag test preliminaries. Okay? You kill all the men, you rape all the women, and then you tell the women that their children cannot breed with any other person that's this dark. They have to keep breeding with a lighter species in order to create a lighter species. That's trying to have geno- that's genocide out of breeding. <clears throat> so let me get get away from us. Let me interject a little bit. Let me interject a little bit on that, right? So what you I what you just said is absolutely true, okay? However, even though I understand what you're saying, the, the genocide, they're trying to eradicate the black, okay? All right. However, here go a a um, little tidbit of information that you might or might not have known. The white race, the Chinese, Asian, um, uh, what other races are there? Mexican, uh, Mexican American, South American, exactly. Samoan, Polynesian. Samoan. Okay. Well, I would take, I don't know about the Samoans, but anyway, those races, right? Mm-hmm. They can only produce their own race. The black woman is the only one that can produce every single race. 
talking about her. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. A white, a white child. You're she can birth okay. and a Chinese child. Okay. She can birth. Woman okay, I know what you're saying. I think you, you understand. I think the words are a little bit, uh, a little mixed. The black woman is yeah. the one that can produce all different types of races. And yes, yes. Aspect of her womb can just yes. can change the not. It's not the race. It, it's basically like the the skin, the skin color, the texture, the, the eye skin color, color the texture. texture. Exactly. Yes. Because yes. it's not just the black woman. It's the it's the black couple. Because black yes. men and black women actually have produced black children with blonde hair and blue eyes. They have produced white skin kids that we call albinos. They also yeah. create the children with straighter hair and stuff like that because of the adaptation of the African uh, genes. Yes. And that's, and that's where you're going with your pie. I, I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I didn't want to get that damn deep, but you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started, right. so I, I know. I, I know. just like, I, I just slipped into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want to go that far, but yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, it's funny because when we're not looking at the, the essence of what black means, there's no, Africa is not our continent. Like, you hear what I say? Africa is not our continent. The world is our world. We okay. have a specific place. We are everywhere. We yeah. were everywhere. This is our planet. The, intro, the introduction of white people who came from somewhere else, because white people are only about 3,000 years old, right? White people, the introduction of them into our cultures is what starts to change things. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't know stuff, so we taught them things because you're a new species. We've been here for a while. We're going to teach you debate. So we're mm. teaching you things, and in teaching you things, you got that animalistic mindset to conquer, control, and mark every fucking thing that you do. White people yeah. are just like you know, white people, and I, I don't mean to sound very uh, bigoted, but mm. white people are the only people on the planet that has to mark their territories. Like dogs. So true. So true. When I, when I show up, I piss on this, this is mine. Black men were there and they were the first rulers. 
I mean, and that passion, that passion, that passionate conversation gets turned to being aggressive because you're passionate about what you're talking about. You know what I mean? But we need we need to reel it back in. We need to reel it back in <laughs> about the shirts and whatnot. Well, I mean, I I enjoyed the conversation. Well, yeah, I enjoyed the conversation because you know. It's it's sometimes you guys gotta let it go and let's see where it takes you, you know. Okay, yeah, we back. I, yeah, I had to reel us back in. Man, we had to reel us back in, man, cause uh, we got way. Uh, <laughs> we got way no, off into. check on this uh, facility for my mom before 5 o'clock get in there or whatever the case is. So I'll, on the next episode I'll, you know, break down that whole drama, well not drama but the whole situation that I'm dealing with with my mom and her mental health and these uh, 
uh, nursing homes and all this. It's crazy. It's a whole lot. But I do appreciate everybody chiming in. I do appreciate everybody being here. Um, I appreciate you, you know, trouble doing your uh, shirts and getting those out. Um, Y'all check the YouTube channel, The Unpacking Podcast. Um, When Trouble gets his uh, shirts lined up, we'll get the link for that, right? Yep, absolutely. For sure. Um, uh, Anthony, put your information out there so we know where we can buy the books at. Send me the links. I'm going to put them in the descriptions. Okay. Um, I don't know if uh, Chris or Motown's still here. I do want to apologize to everybody for all the cuts. Man, it's just been a lot going on. Um, I do just wanted to touch back with you guys to end this and wrap this episode up. Um, we're going to drop, we're going to try to get, I'm going to try to drop some more by the end of this year. This particular episode will be released on December 31st. So it is a lengthy one. I appreciate everybody that stays to the end. And um, I just appreciate the rest of everyone that did stay, that listens, that, you know, you know, bears with bear with me during all this craziness that's been going on. Um, whenever I get my mom situated, I promise I'm going to let everyone know what's going on and whatever. Um, hold on. And um, so, yeah, that's basically it. Like I said, everybody, everybody that was on here is all doing their own things. We're trying to strive for excellence for the next year. Um, Motown Gaming, once again, he's on YouTube. He's on YouTube. Uh, Christopher Robbins is still trying to get his shot back up after he gets that ready. Then he'll be able to have his stuff ready. And then Trouble is still trying to get the finalizing his, you know, things for his tele, his first shirts. Once he gets those up, then, you know, I'll post it on YouTube so you guys can take a look at them. See if you guys are interested and it will go from there. Um, and church, we didn't, I really, church was just kind of in and out of it, but um, we'll touch back down with church and everything. Um, Anthony, he's doing his books. Um, I'm going to get the links from him. I'll put them in the description so you guys can check out his children's books, his uh, Prophecy of a Planet. Um, you can purchase them books and do all of that. So I just wanted to let everybody know, man, that we're here. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't stress that enough. And um, happy new years. We'll see you guys next year. New episodes, new. Oh, and another thing, we're also going to start posting videos on TikTok, which um, I'll also have that in the link in the description. So just look out for what's coming and everything that we got moving. And I appreciate everybody that listened. If you like what we got going on and you appreciate the love, I mean, if you like what we got going on, I do appreciate the love. If you didn't, that's cool too, because today we've unpacked. <laughs> I know I didn't put, I know I didn't do that right, but man, I'm just trying to wrap things up, man. So oh, it's just been rough. It's just been rough, but I appreciate y'all. Thanks.